you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside a full house here on a beautiful Monday afternoon. The magical beard of fantasy, Matt Franchise. What's going on, my friend? Hey, yo, I'm okay. I'm I'm doing okay. (laughs) Uh, Can we get more than one word answers out of you today? No. <laughs> wow. We got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar, rocking the fresh, new, high and tight cut, looking good. Oh, thank you, sir. Look at that, dude. I love mm, it. Fresh. Fresh. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, was cracking. Oh, it's a good, beautiful Monday. Okay. That was so unconvincing. It was yeah, good. I know. Uh, I Matt, tried. Matt Harmon, the wide receiver prognosticator, was cracking. I was going to say, it's really not that beautiful here i mean for southern california standards like it's fine it's sort of cloudy it's and a little it, cloudy it and drizzled yeah. last night it, it, right. it's straight rain Un- hard unless you find the imperfect beautiful which is what we have today because normally the weather is perfect and today it is imperfect i said by southern california standards wow look at you just all of a sudden just from west virginia just rolling through and now not from just, west virginia from just, not, all not, of a sudden just now you're spoiled by la weather now i mean Look at you. Hey, here's a random question. Do you guys think our Friday shows or our Monday shows are better? Um, which, which ones do you like? Better? I see. I, see I love all our children. I see where you're amount. going with this, and I'm not going to play along. <laughs> I, no. don't, I don't see I, where you're going. I, think, I don't have an agenda. I think, I think Monday. Just I think Monday. See, I think Fridays are better. I have no agenda with that, but I think Fridays are better. Well, the only th- the only difference that I can think of that just screams in my face is the fact that franchise isn't here. All no, time. That, but we do his phone around. See, and I think that's what Marcus was trying to set up over there, yeah, and this uh-huh. is just all of this is rigged right now, and I don't appreciate <laughs> this. Your typical crooked media lying right exactly. now. Yeah, but uh, I was just saying that I think I, I, it has nothing to do with do his phone around Friday. It's sick. Are you it's trying fresh. to slander me? No, See, that's where I thought this. No, was going. it wasn't. I was. Just, I can leave. I'm curious. No, please stay. Wow. I enjoy you more than I enjoy at least two of the other people in this room. We got a oh, helicopter yeah. outside, so I'll just take that home. <laughs> no, that's mine, bro. You got um, Harmon's helicopter. 
Which, by the way, we got to hurry this up. I got a meeting at four. Oh wow! Wow! Hollywood, Hollywood Harmon pulling. Hollywood. (laughs) Gross. What a great nickname. I love it. Uh, we got our big storylines today. We've got uh, your week seven targets and touches. Some surprising leaders in the clubhouse for week seven. We'll break it down, what it means moving forward. Uh, we're going to get to your waiver wire as well. And then, of course, we always break down some of your top performers and some of your biggest disappointments as well. Uh, but we start the show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The whistles go woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, here we go. Top news out of Atlanta. Tevin Coleman was doing work against San Diego. He looked good out there. Nice and explosive. 74 total yards. Had that touchdown as well. And then, ugh. Hurt his hamstring. We don't know what his uh, status is going to be moving forward, but uh, but I tell you what. Right now it doesn't sound good. Why can't we good. have nice things? I don't know. He looked good out there, but it doesn't sound like he's going to go on Sunday against Green Bay. Oh, boy. Uh, speaking of Green Bay, Demarius Randall had growing surgery. He's going to miss. Growing some- surgery? Well, he had surgery on his core muscle group is what they said. I think it's in his growing. Well, you said growing, it sounded oh, like. Oh, I was teasing. Growing. That is, that is how James growing. Is it. Okay. <laughs> he, does, he does say growing. Growing? When he means growing. Growing? Gro- gro- okay. Uh, <laughs> he had surgery on his core muscle groups. Is going to be missing at least a few weeks, up to six weeks possibly, maybe more. Sam Shields, meanwhile, also in that defensive backfield, already placed on IR with concussions. Packers set to travel to ATL. The Packers already giving up a lot of uh, uh, wide receiver yardage. Uh, I would imagine Julio Jones is going to see a lot of work. Look, if, if you do rankings and he's not your wide receiver one, you're probably doing it wrong. I know it's I know it's Monday at 2.44 as we right. do this, but the Packers have been gashed already. Julio's gashed pretty much every defense he's faced. That's right. It's a recipe for disaster. Uh, is this going to be – I wonder if this is going to be a high-scoring Oh, 100%. Hmm. This this game's probably going to have, you know, from our, our friends that uh, reside in the desert, is probably going to uh, be predicted as a high-scoring affair. All right. <laughs> it's going to end in a 6-6 tie. I know, seriously. Don't yeah, right. stop. Uh, by the way, can I can I ask you about this? I, I didn't have time to look this up, but what's up with their backfield, Green Bay? Uh, it's not good. Tr- trash. <laughs> <laughs> Don Jackson hurt his hand. Niall yeah. Davis is l- l- pretty much the only running back there, so you're right. going to get a healthy mix of him. I would assume they're going to defer to the veteran now that he has a full – he was trying to study the playbook as much as he could in, like, 36 hours, but with the benefit of them playing on Thursday night is he then has, like, 10 days to prepare for Sunday. That's a good point. He's a veteran coming from a West Coast system. Verbiage and stuff is different, but he should be able to slide in and take some carries away from Cobb and Montgomery. Not that they will stop doing that altogether, because I think that's going to be a core part of their offense moving forward, but Davis looks like the guy to own, and I wrote as much in the waiver wire column, which we'll get to later. It's funny. How much? How many questions have you guys gotten about uh, uh, Randall Cobb and uh, Ty Montgomery being designated as running back? Oh, I, I handled that right away. The first one I got today, because you know, <laughs> another website put out that they are going to give him the running back eligibility. Are they? Yes, they are. It is, uh, it is happening elsewhere. It is happening elsewhere. Oh, and not... and I, I, I immediately quote tweeted that. I said, listen, everybody, I just write the words on the website. I do not program the game. Please do not at me at this time there about this about this issue, because none of us in this room can handle that. And I'm pretty sure, actually, I think it's a league policy that we can't even – I heard somebody talking about that day, like, I don't think we can even do that unless the team actually made that. Right, switch. because I was right. going to say, like, we go – 
as the league arm of yeah. you know as the of our fantasy arm of the league we right. go as the teams go like when people people like get in the we is getting in the weeds of it but we'll clamor like you have so and so listed as a D end and he should be a linebacker he plays in a three four right. and we're like bro if, it, if it's on the, if team, it's on roster, the team website that's what it is on here. <laughs> Take like, it up with the team. However, man. they designate him, and I just pulled up the Packers roster, and right yeah. now he's a wide receiver. I do not see that changing. Therefore, I do not see it changing on our site. There you go. But in terms of on the field stuff, I mean, I think that Ty Montgomery should remain in this role that they found for him. Hundred I mean, percent in a, really a souped-up theoretic type of type of role. There, I think that like. Pushing 40 passes should be a weekly thing for Aaron Rodgers at this point because they're not going to have a consistent running game, and they can use that as an extension of it. You know, totally. and I'll say this. We've seen two weeks of Ty Montgomery as well. PPR monster. Ten oh, catches yeah. in each of the last two weeks. He adds a little flavor on the ground. He's Crazy. dynamic after the catch, too, because, like you said, he's he's got moves, but he's also big and bulky. He's got good balance. He's hard to bring down. Man. So, yeah, he's, he's a must-add in PPR formats. Uh, NFC, staying in the NFC there. The Bears say Jay Cutler has been cleared to play. He's been out since week two where he was listed as quote-unquote day-to-day. Hey, man. Mm. I mean, every day they asked, and <laughs> he wasn't ready. So Now, now magically he's better. <laughs> so now, he's now better. today he's better. Uh, he had an injured thumb, FYI. Brian Hoyer had surgery on his broken arm. He was placed on IR. Matt Barkley was apparently uh, not the answer for Chicago. Shocking. 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 Uh, Alshon Jeffrey owners, I would imagine, feel better today than they did yesterday. They should. Yes. Um, you know, because, and maybe we'll get to this a little bit later, but there are a couple of quarterbacks coming back this week mm-hmm. for whom they're, you know, the, the owners of their wide receivers should be excited. Alshon Jeffrey should, the owner should be thrilled about Jay Cutler coming back. Yes. And Brandon Marshall owners should be a little more excited that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter for the Jets. I want to know what kind of magical spell he owns that no matter what team he goes plays for, he's going to start. He, it is amazing. Brian Hoyer had the, that, that, that the Hoyer magic, right? That Hoyer magic? Hoyer, Hoyer had the same thing it's where craziness. he essentially, yeah, it, it is NFL law that those two <laughs> wherever, little little known addition <laughs> to the NFL rule book, uh, where, wherever those two go, they must start. But, yeah, I mean, I think that this Crazy. is definitely good news for Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, absolutely. All right, Josh McCown has been cleared to practice as well. Does it mean anything for Gary Barnage? They had a little bit of chemistry going. But I don't think he will I, – I don't think that he, he'll start over Cody Kessler if both are healthy, and I think the team is pretty much intimated as much. Right. Why, like, for for the Browns, who are obviously bad, uh, we had Maurice Jones-Drew going today trying to drum up a pool of when they're going to get their first win, and <laughs> it's, it's looking at the schedule, it's, it's pretty tough. There, there, are, a lot, there are, are a lot of opportunities. Not a lot there. of opportunities there. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, if they're going to be bad, why would yeah. they not just at least – you know, I don't think Cody Kessler's the future, but he might sure. be their future backup. All right, there you go. Jordan Reed has also been cleared to practice. He's been dealing for multiple weeks now. Uh, with concussion issues, we'll stay on that same uh, sideline. Cornerback Josh Norman is now in concussion protocol. He slammed the side of his head, whipping around trying to defend a pass against Marvin Jones, and he slammed his head hard into the turf uh, there in Detroit. So now uh, he's in concussion protocol, but his status remains unclear. If he does miss, though, A.J. Green should be cleared for takeoff. Man, it doesn't even matter. No? Man, it's AJ Green. I mean, really? Are you are you really going to sit AJ Green just because? No, uh, just no, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're sitting AJ. Of course, I'm not saying you're sitting AJ Green. But here's the thing: 
I, I think if Josh Norman is out there, I think it's at least fair to say, hey, listen, you know, he might not get off for 20 points. Yeah. Uh, really? I mean, look, Josh Norman's been amazing this year. He's man. been fine. I mean, he's been very good this year. I'm not going to knock it, but you're talking about big play wide receivers. And I, yeah. I, I thought the funniest part of uh, of Julio Jones earlier this year going for 300 yards yeah. against the Panthers was Josh Norman trying to sip tea from Washington, not realizing that he got lit up last year by Julio Jones himself. <laughs> like, okay, maybe you didn't give up three bills, yeah. but you got run all over the field, dog. So, like, let's That's not true. sit here and try to okay. talk trash like you didn't just get dragged all over everywhere. So, if Julio Jones can drag Josh Norman around, I don't see why A.J. Green couldn't do it either. Yeah. <laughs> that game's in London, too, by the way. Okay. Ugh. Which is it? Well, yeah, it is. That. that means I got to be up at five o'clock. Sorry, I'm just I'm venting about what my Sunday is going to be like. First of all, don't mind me. Here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you're real, uh, real sympathetic from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus uh, Grant going off on a rant. A great segue into Geno Smith tearing his ACL. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what one of those has to do with the other at all. I'm uh, exactly what we're talking. About. <laughs> And Ryan Fitzpatrick apparently is mad at uh, the uh, Who? the, the Jets brass for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think Coach Todd Bowles said it best that, that look if he's uh if if he's pissed off hopefully he plays pissed off and then he throws less turnovers. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. As, <laughs> as long as it means less turnovers, I'm cool with him yeah. being angry. Pretty much. I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't even matter if he throws turnovers. Nobody's starting Fitz, right? It's just it just matters for Brandon Marshall. I mean, I don't know. I think the Jets' quarterbacks can still be streaming options, even if, even if no Eric Decker. I mean, this the the offense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think it means good things for Brandon. But Martin. sorry, I was responding to yeah. a, an important important in air quotes email thread about the Ty Montgomery stuff. But uh, if we're talking about streaming the Jets' quarterbacks, absolutely. Like yeah. less mediocre quarterbacks with less wide receiving talent have put up great days against the Browns. Good point. Oh yeah, they play the Browns this week. Yeah. Okay. Game yeah. over. Yeah. Game over. Uh, I, I'll say this. I don't know how comfortable you are running them out in uh, redraft, but in daily? Okay. I can see it. Hey, can we react very quickly to Sunday Night Football? There's not a whole heck of a lot to react to. Nothing happened in this game. I will say this, though. It was the worst game I've ever seen, except it was also the funniest game I've ever seen as mm. well. Mm. It only got funny at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It was only funny at the very, very end. <laughs> you had to sit through a lot of unfunny to get to the funny. It I was have... hilarious at the end, though. I have two thoughts on this. Yes, please. <laughs> One, I agree with you. It was funny at the end. And hilarious. I, I live for bad football funny Twitter. I mean, I was firing off good tweet after good Love tweet it. last night. Love it. Yeah, Believe me, believe me, <laughs> it was good. But anyways, my, I I liked the I enjoyed the game though. I, oh, I was you did. yes, I did, I did, oh, I did enjoy watching the game. What? I I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna. Be, we were talking about this before we started taping. Okay. I'm not gonna begrudge you guys if you didn't like it because yeah. whatever, that's your thing. All right. But I enjoyed it, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Here here's my problem. Yeah. I I love a good defensive football game. Hundred percent. Good plays. Yeah. You know, great great hits and stuff like that. 100%. Smart schemes. This was a sloppy. Four-hour game with people not doing their jobs. Yep. That is not an entertaining football game. There were like 50 billion holding calls. <laughs> the refs weren't doing their jobs because there were numerous penalties that weren't called. Right. Both quarterbacks were sucking. Like, yeah. the Seahawks refused to give the ball to Kristen Michael. It was just like, it was a slop fest. And I get it. Yes, it was punctuated by these hilarious moments. Like, oh, my God, they both missed a kick. 
But like we waited four <laughs> hours to do that, and I'm also what a payoff. I'm also extra angry because I'm always stuck at the office until after Sunday Night Football because that's when I have to publish <laughs> Waiver Wire, uh-huh. and you can't go up until after the game is over. So as this thing just dragged on and on and on, it wasn't even entertaining. Like at least the overtime game two weeks ago was entertaining. Yeah, like with the because I even made the joke. I was like, "Watch, Brock's gonna come back and win this," and you're like. Oh my God, he's actually going to do it. This was just painful. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, I fired off a tweet of just, please, God, do not let this game go to overtime. Yeah. But fantasy wise, prayers uh, not answered. Catanzaro had a couple field goals, and Hauschka had a couple field goals. And David, was, David, was it. David Johnson, though, 41 oh, yeah. touches. I know. That's amazing. Against the Seahawks. Um, 13 the, targets in the passing game. That's amazing. Second only to Fitzgerald's 14. Well, in a game that was 3 3 in four quarters. David Johnson actually had a good fantasy day. That's Great a, fantasy a, day. a ridiculous fantasy day, and he was inches from scoring a touchdown. He like stepped on the pylon. I couldn't tell. I, was that a touchdown? No, it was it not wasn't. a touchdown. He, he stepped on the pylon and stepped out of bounds, and the ball had not crossed Possibly. the goal line. So it was a good call. All right, um, the, 171 total yards. One thing of That's note ridiculous. Yeah. to watch, though, is I know the Cardinals passing game is not what it once was, but J. Ron Brown God. tore his ACL. Right. Uh, which gave J.J. Nelson some more run, and he is even faster than John Brown. 100%. Yeah. So if Brown continues to miss time, we don't know what's going on. With I think his, he's like, expected back this he's week. He's expected though. back? Okay. But J.J. Nelson, I wrote about him in deep dives. Just somebody to kind of keep on your radar because Floyd pulled up with a hamstring. Brown has been in and out of the lineup where if either one of those guys goes out, Nelson could be a good boomer bust like flex play. And Floyd looked horrible. I was going to say, Floyd makes two or three just – Back-breaking mistakes every yeah. game. He looks yeah. so bad that it's like he's got no confidence. You could tell too. Yeah. He's out there. He's double catching stuff. I mean, he just yeah. he looks bad. But I mean, I, I think that this has been the story of Michael Floyd's career. It's and true. The second half of last year was like, man, this is when he's really putting it all together. But I think that was just the outlier, and the rest of this is what it is. All right, so there you go. Russell Wilson also a big time fantasy disappointment. Doug Baldwin didn't do much. See woke. Oof, duh, that was rough. Jimmy Graham didn't do anything either. So uh, overall, pretty bad day unless you had David Johnson. So there you go. All right, let's get to our big storyline, shall we? Jay Ajayi going full Drake. He's going back. Back to back. 200-plus yard games and back-to-back games for Jay Ajayi. I, I forgot, where's Ooh. that list uh, of running backs that have done that? It's only like four other guys four, in the Hall of Famers. Four other guys have done that. Uh, no, three other guys. Three, three other, other guys. Three other guys have right. done that. Uh What's his name? O.J. Simpson did it twice, I think. O.J. Right? Simpson did it twice. Ricky Williams did it once, and Earl Campbell Hello. did it once. So the connection Correct. here is either you were an NFL or a Pro Football Hall of Famer, right. or you're a Dolphin. Oh, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> That's it. Trends. Those are the trends. True that. Two fourteen uh, total yards. Uh, had a touchdown as well. Uh, week seven versus Buffalo. Again, it's against Buffalo. It's not like it's not like this is a ragtag defense. They're but he giving had 20... up 3.5 yards per carry coming into this game. Jay yeah. ripped them to shreds. Like, uh, we kind of talked about this on Friday that this looked like it could be his chance. And Harmon, I think, used, used this exact phrase of like, Ajay is going to take the backfield and run with it. And I know I had him high in my rankings because I thought just the way he played last week that they weren't giving the ball back to Arian Foster, who is officially cooked. And I mean, Ajay is going to be darn near close to an RB1 moving forward. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He, that he is was, just wild. He would have had two touchdowns, too, but he cramped up late. I don't know if it was the third or the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yeah. Damian Williams scored a, a, which, a second rushing touchdown in so, a row. But. By the way, speaking of which, okay. um, the had a bigger day. The fear was you know, what happens to Ajayi when Arian Foster comes back, and I thought it was telling that in that game on Sunday, Jay Ajayi goes out of the game in the fourth quarter with a what looks like a cramp, 
And instead of having it be Arian Foster coming in trying yeah. to salt the game away, right. it was Damian Williams. Yeah, you're right. No, you're 100% right. So there you go. Uh, Spencer Ware, meanwhile, 77 rush yards, 54 receiving yards, and also had that very long and impressive uh, catch and run for touchdown. Meanwhile, Jamal Charles, just one carry, zero yards. Uh, we heard about swelling in his surgically repaired knee as well. I, I'll ask you guys this. What do you do with Spencer Ware? What do you do with Jamal Charles? Stop asking questions about whether you should start Spencer Ware. Start, start him. him high and just hold on to him and yeah. ride him the rest of the way. Yeah. There you go. He's the feature back right now. I mean, Jamal Charles is suffering setbacks. He doesn't look like himself. Like, again, you know, I think this is always the question to ask yourself. What is the reason for the Chiefs to change? They're winning games. This guy is playing well, right? And, and and Jamal Charles is not like they're just because Jamal Charles has done this, that, or the other in his career doesn't give them incentive to go back to them if they're smart. And I think that the Chiefs are smart, right? And Charles isn't a hundred percent healthy. No. Two weeks ago, he said he was a hundred and ten percent. His knell, his knee swelled up. He clearly wasn't healthy enough to get more than one. He got a carry in this game, and then he sat the rest of the game because right. he, he wasn't right. And Andy Reid said in uh, to the press, like, I'm not trying to hide anything. Like Charles isn't right. It's a long season when he's healthy you know he'll probably be more involved but it's just he's not ready okay. basically so maybe later in the season if the Chiefs want a playoff run they leave him on the bench there's no reason to rush him in there with Spencer Ware playing so well there's nothing you can do with Jamal Charles either right like you no. basically just have to bench him because you're yeah. not yeah. trading him nobody's gonna can't get value nobody's gonna buy him on a bum knee right now right the yeah th the thing is he could if he does get right and this team wants to gear him you know ramp him up for the postseason he yeah. could be like a playoff hero if you've got him stashed That's on great your bench point. for sure that's he's, a great point. He's never been fresh in December in his entire Ever. career, and he's a smaller back. I mean, he he's not right. he's not one of these Adrian Petersons or David right. Johnsons or something like that. Like he's a slider back, so yeah, if he's faster. So he's than not every, a cyborg, is what you're saying? Well, he's not a cyborg, uh, which <laughs> nobody is because uh, they're. Human. Are you sure? I don't know. I've been watching Westworld a lot, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we're just talking. About, <laughs> we're just talking about football players. Uh, but no, I think that I think that that Jamal Charles will be big for the Chiefs in their playoff run. Hopefully, if it all breaks right. But at the same time, right. look, this is what we saw with Marshawn Lynch last year too, and it was like eventually Marshawn's going to get back and he's going to take this job back from from Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls ended up getting injured, but right. it, it was pretty clear the torch had been passed, yeah. and it just took a while for everybody to accept it. And I think this is what the same thing we're seeing here. Charles has torn his ACL twice. He's approaching 30 years old if he hasn't hit it already. It, it, we might just be at the end of the road. It's what happens for these guys. It goes quickly. You know what? It's kind of opened up an idea to expand this segment a little bit, but speaking of torch passing, yeah. we think this is what's happening in... I mean, we kind of talked about it last week in the Friday pod, but what's happening in Green Bay with Jordy. Like, he, did, he didn't see that many targets this past week. The offense moved well through the short passing game and putting Montgomery and Cobb in space. Like, do we think if they do it again versus Atlanta and it works, is Jordy going to – I mean, you wrote about it in News and Notes, but is Jordy's value going to sink down to like a matchup-based wide receiver two or three the rest of the way? I think so. I think so. I, I, don't, I don't think he has – is going to have the opportunities. Uh, I don't think he's right. I don't know what it is. He's 31 years old. He's coming off an ACL tear. Matt Harmon, you, you showed us a great next-gen stat, right, uh, of mm -hmm. there's basically no separation right. uh, between he and the defender. And, you know, to your point, Alex, maybe uh, – I hate to put it on him, but maybe it's it's Aaron Rodgers wanting to throw to Jordy early in the season – and that's why he was holding the ball for so darn long and the offense stalling. 
could that possibly be a reason as well? I think it's at least at least it's in the realm of possibility. Absolutely. And I think again you have to ask yourself the question, why would the team change if it's if something is working? That I mean, that that question you raised was what made me think about the Packers. Yeah, like like and somebody tweeted that to me on Thursday night. They're like, why aren't they looking at Jordy Nelson? I'm like, dude. I even quote tweeted. I was like, dude, think about more than just your stupid fantasy team right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers are winning this game yep. by a lot. Yeah. By going to guys like Devontae Adams and sure. Ty Montgomery. They're not going to change up the target distribution just because you drafted Jordy Nelson in the second round. That's if teams are winning, they they want they want to win games. They don't want to put up fantasy numbers for you. Again, Bad news, nobody cares about your team, especially not the actual players. Right. So, I mean, if, if, if something is working on the field, right. there's no reason to ex- – like, you ha- again, give yourself, give me a good reason why it's just going to suddenly go back to what you expected. And on the plus side for the Packers' offense, if Jordy's out there, he's going to draw the best defender, which, yes. you know, takes takes some of the pressure off the other guys. Too, at least so. for now. At least yeah. for now. Right, That's exactly. That's a very good point. So. All right, there you go. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we talk about Spencer Ware. The Chiefs have a, a great matchup yet again on Sunday. They take on the Colts. Dude, and the Colts just get gashed by running backs every single week. Every single week. Start him up with confidence. Yes. All right, we talked about Jordy. Can we talk about another wide receiver most folks took in the second round, early second, maybe, heck, even in the <sighs> late first? Matt Harmon, who's an idiot. Oh, come on. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. That was, that was uncalled for. That, that was, that really, was uncalled really uncalled for. That was, for. That was great. Uh, Allen Robinson. What do we do with Allen Robinson? He was playing Oakland, the worst pass defense in the league. He has become an anchor on your fantasy roster right now. Two receptions, nine yards. Because. Allen Robinson. I, like if, if anything, my suggestion would have been. Wait for him to put up a big number and then try to sell high on him because the schedule isn't particularly great for him the rest of the way. So I felt like, you know, over the next month or so, he had two or three really good matchups that maybe you could exploit and then try to sell high on him because you just you're not going to want to deal with him in the playoffs. But if that's what he's giving you against the Raiders, against arguably the worst secondary in the league, Raiders, so bad. There's there's nothing you can do. I mean, you you know it. You're, you're going to be scared to run him out there. Yeah. You're going to be scared to leave him on your bench. You can't trade him. You right. don't want to drop him. Right. I mean, he really is just an anchor on your roster right now. <laughs> yes, I exactly. Do. I don't know what you do. Allen Robinson, nine yards against Oakland on eight targets. He had a season-high 72 yards in week one against Green Bay, but then about 50-ish yards per game in the next four games after. Uh, I, I mean – what do you do here? I, I just I don't even know what to do. Do you? Here's the thing. Could you trade Allen Robinson for Spencer Ware straight up? You think that could oh, happen? Oh God, no, no, no. I wouldn't do it. I, would I think, la- to, I would I think, think somebody would pull the trigger. I think. Hold on, to, hold on. To, to trade. Go ahead, Francis. To trade a Rob away right now, you're gonna have to pair him with someone else because no one's just gonna want a Rob. Name value, let's, bro. Let's let's go to Harmon here. He's looked awash in sadness during this whole discussion. <laughs> I could just see in the back of his mind, uh, hello, Doug. Oh, and, and b- before you start, before you start, Harmon. Yes. This isn't an indictment of Allen Robinson and his talent. That's a good point. No. Yes, it, is, it is a bigger indictment of the fact that the Jaguars offense has been stuck in mud all oh. year long. Blake Bortles is uh, wow. He he's, he's just been flat out awful this year. Yeah, and I mean, I think that – it's just a deep sigh before I even start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think there is an offense that I've watched this year that has been more hamstrung by their quarterback. And, you know, 
Blake Bortles Dude, played. The, Bra- the Browns have gotten better play out of Cody Kessler at all right. than the Jags have out of Bortles. And Josh McCown and even Robert Griffin the third and, and Kevin one. Hogan. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Hogan, bro. Which, by the way, is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if we should talk that's about a different Kevin discussion. Hogan, yeah, go yeah. back to your Bortles point. I mean, he's he can't get the ball deep. He can't fire off routine plays. He can't beat simple cover two defenses, uh, which is, you know, that's something he should easily be able to beat. But I think defensive coordinators have figured him out. I don't think what we're seeing is a lot of, you know, he was not a perfect player last year, Blake. No. But he was able to make plays. He was able to be aggressive. A lot of that has regressed. He's taken a visible step back as a player from year two to year three. And I think that Listen, I said this in the in the next gen stats column last week that if this doesn't happen against Oakland, it's not going to happen this year probably because I think Bortles is just a sunk cost right now and and he even remember he had mechanical issues in his rookie season and right. then said he needed the off season to get right or the, the the coaching staff said he needed the off season to get right and he worked really hard to improve from year 1 to year 2, but that is a tough thing to pull off in the middle of the season, so I don't know what to do with Allen Robinson. I mean, I would just hold him and and just hope that it gets better, but it's probably not going to. And I think that that's just that's just where we're at right now. I mean, the, the only thing the Jags passing offense can do well is dump the ball off on five yard drags to Marquise Lee. And you know, credit to Marquise. Oh, credit- you, mean, you mean the the best receiver on the Jaguars? Oh. <laughs> Shut all the way the hell up. <laughs> I mean, but credit to Marquise Lee. He has he has played well this year. Well, he's what healthy. They, what they've, well, he has, what they've asked has, him to do. He has stayed healthy is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, I mean, yeah, if you if you have Allen Robinson right now, I mean, I think you just have to – you just have to hold on. And, I mean, the, the, the talent is there. And, like, he will have weeks. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he, he, he's going to be targeted in the red zone especially. He had a two-touchdown outing against the Ravens. He had a touchdown against the Colts. Like, their short passing has – up until last week had been had been relatively decent. It's just they haven't hit a single pass that's tra- traveled farther than twenty yards in the air. Not great. It's not great. Speaking Odell, of not great. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. also not great in week seven. Five receptions for just forty nine yards. Did receive nine targets. It's about right for Odell. Uh, but he was taken on an LA Rams defense that is not good against wide receivers. And I just don't know, man. Like, the way that they're utilizing Odell Beckham Jr. right now, there's very, very few deep shots uh, in that uh, McAdoo offense, and I don't get why. It's the same offense they used last year, and they were taking way more deep shots with Odell. I don't remember one pass they threw deep downfield to Odell Beckham Jr. in in that game, and it makes no sense. Well... If you follow along on Giants Twitter or just, you know, follow any Giants fans or beat writers, okay. the drum beats of frustration with Ben McAdoo's play calling are getting louder and louder by the week. Right. And, and I don't, you know, again, I don't know if this is all of his play calling or if it's that Eli Manning has decided he's just not going to pull the trigger on those shots downfield. But I think the big takeaways have been, yeah, a lot of dink and dunk and a lot of underneath stuff. And really until the last week or two, a failure to get Odell Beckham involved early in the game. I mean, you know, I think the big game he had a couple weeks ago, we saw that where he really got loose and they got him the ball early and often. But there have been a lot of games where you don't see a lot of targets, but the targets are headed toward, you know, Sterling Shepard or Victor Cruz or, you know, somebody else in that offense. And finally, after a while, they start to get Odell Beckham in there. But there is, I think, you know, I think the Giants and, and maybe with the bye week, they can look at this. I think they got to go back and 
rethink what they're doing because at least offensively they are they're just a an, a dull, not exciting group to watch. I don't understand it. One one thing that I this was a good point that uh, not to name drop or anything, but I was on the couch with Mike Nolan on Sunday for Game Day Blitz Show. Name drop, I'm and surprised. he well he because he made the point of how it's a it's a difficult transition sometimes to go from coordinator on one team to head coach on that same team. Yeah. Because of that, it's basically like you're going from big brother to being dad on mm. the team. Whereas Good big point. brother, you can be pal with everybody. You can always be like, yeah, man, I'd love to do that, but, you know, we got to run it by the guy over there. Or, like, that's not my call. we got to go to that guy. Now he is that guy. So, like, you have to wonder if, I don't know if he's lost control or if he's trying to do too much or whatever, but it's happened in two instances this year where pretty good potent offenses have – like throttled way back, both in New York and Tampa Bay. Like Winston hasn't improved. That yes. offense kind nope. of sucks. And in both cases, it was the OC jumping to the head coach to keep "quote unquote" continuity. But maybe that wasn't the best best case. Something. I mean, it's really not quantifiable. It's just something I wanted to get out there to more people so we can think about it as we move forward and look at these situations. I, I think that's a great point, and I think that's something that we should probably pay attention to. Like, it, they're two completely different jobs. Just from a football standpoint like 100%. just because you're a good coordinator does not mean you're going to be a good head coach but also just the transition that uh, that also entails but you know also I, I wonder too if there were two off-field things that that took some some toll on on Odell Beckham and the Giants as a whole one he did come in pretty questionable with a hip pointer yeah and I was looking at Eli Manning's next gen stats passing chart which you can find on my timeline like he threw almost exclusively to the right side of the field where Beckham lined up almost exclusively on the left side of the field it's interesting I was wondering that when I was watching the game and if next gen stats brought out is that I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he just wasn't – I mean, he still saw a pretty decent amount of targets, but I just wonder if the game plan was to really not funnel through Beckham. Or I, I, I those might have been his first reads because Robert Quinn came back and him and Aaron Donald and the rest of that uh, Rams off defensive line is quite ferocious. Yeah, because they can't pass protection. Also, I mean, I think this Giants team really has – I mean, listen, they haven't done well with this whole distraction that they've brought on themselves thanks to the whole Josh Brown thing, if, if you ask me. Like, they, they're constantly having to answer questions about it and all that, and it does, nothing has really gone well for them. I also wonder if that's maybe taking a little bit of a mental toll on the team as a whole, and that's why the offense looks like hell. All right, well, there you go. Uh, breaking news, by the way. I just saw that Des Bryant was back at practice Monday for the oh, Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Ooh, he's going to play. is expected to play. Yes, he is expected to play Sunday night. Uh, at home versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Cowboys are getting their second best receiver back. <laughs> oh, what is on, wrong with you? Bro. All right, let's talk about targets and touches here. Surprising numbers here in Week 7. Uh, we talked about Devontae Adams a little bit already. So, uh, But 16 targets for him, 13 receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. I'm assuming we all like him moving forward, Yes. Yeah, as like a flex wide receiver three. I mean, he's got great touchdown upside in this offense, and if they do start transitioning to more of the formations and things they deployed this past week, I think he's still going to be volatile. He's not. He's obviously not going to see that kind of volume every uh, week, right? But like, he could be a de- he could be a decent flex play going forward. This was weird. Tavon Austin had 15 targets. Yeah, 10 receptions, just 57 yards. Ooh. Did have a touchdown though. Also added a carry for 10 yards. I refer, or defer rather, to our Tavon Austin. I knew it was coming my way. Um, You know, it's funny because (laughs) the opportunity has been there for Tavon Austin to produce. He just hasn't produced and I think nothing nothing sums it up better than you know a friend of the of the stronghold Pat Doherty aka Roto Pat on Twitter who tweeted this morning that Tavon Austin is eighth in the NFL in targets 
and 70th in yards. Holy hell. That's... That I mean, is the model of inefficiency. I mean, some of it, Four. some of it has to do with you know inconsistent quarterback play, but like, admittedly, some of it is just about a player who doesn't take advantage of the opportunities there. Harmon, um, did, you, was, did you look at his average depth of target on Sunday? It's higher than Julian Edelman's, I'll tell you. That. But I mean, <laughs> let's, let's let's just let's. I think we should just make a petition going forward to just count about half of the targets that, that Tavon Austin gets cuz they're like only half of them are like real targets. Right. You know, cuz he gets used a bunch behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, I'm being somewhat coy about all this, but like yeah, I mean it's like why are they giving him so many targets? That's the question. Why are they feeding the ball to him so much? I think they just want to make Tavon Austin something that he's not. They got one pretty good year out of him last year. They overpaid him as James talked about consistently. And and now <laughs> and now like they want to make him a feature part of their offense, but that's not who this guy is. It's crazy. Are they trying to justify the contract, you think? I, I don't know. I don't want to get in the head of the Rams' yeah, offensive seems, coaching staff. That seems a bit much. But I tell you what, what a day in PPR if you had Tavon Austin, 10 receptions, 57 yards a touchdown, and 10 yards rush. That's just insane. Uh, Mike Wallace, meanwhile, 13 targets for Mike Wallace, 10 catches. It's a little bit more uh, pliable here. Uh, 120 yards he's for the number, Mike Wallace. He's the number one wide receiver while Steve Smith is out. Yep. It's, yes. it's not particularly close in this offense right now. Is he going to come back, Steve Smith? Where's he at? Uh, I mean, I think I eventually. No he's a he's a high ankle sprain. He's an older player. Who knows? All right, there you go. Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Oh, yes. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 130 yards. He's had... Three consecutive really good weeks now uh, in fantasy. What do we make of Michael Thomas? I think he's their number one receiver. I agree. Holy hell! I, I agree. So go Mike, get it. Michael Thomas has talked to me, pal. Has played eighty percent of the team snaps since week three. Okay. He leads the team in that span in every relevant receiving stat with twenty six catches, three hundred twenty three yards three touchdowns on a team-high 38 targets. He runs a ton of slant and crossing patterns, and you know, and he's a big dude that does that too, and that's why he's able to just have consistent yardage as long as he gets targets. I mean, he's played really well. He fits exactly what the Saints have wanted to do. And again, you know, just mentioning that consistency, if you just want to look at, at, at fantasy scoring alone, right. so since – so since uh, so since that same week three span, he's been much more consistent than you know Brandon Cooks, the supposed number one receiver. Too. His floor has been ten points yeah. since week in the last four weeks. I mean, wow. th- Thomas has wow. fifty point three points in that in that span. Cooks has forty point three, uh, and, and Cooks had that one point outing, but he also had that big outing against uh, yeah. what was it the the Panthers at home. So I mean, just. Well, the more consistent player, he's playing just as many snaps as the rest of these guys. I mean, it's really impressive how they all come together as a group and Cooks and Sneed and Thomas all complement each other. But, I mean, this dude is for real. I like it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Interesting, uh, good tweet. Again, Roto Pascan, a bunch of shout-outs on here, but he said Michael Thomas is 10 for 130 on Sunday. We're both more than he ever posted at Ohio State, and he's already over half of the way to uh, his senior yardage total, which was just shy of 800 yards. So, I mean, he's an, he's a talented player playing with a great quarterback. Like, it wasn't too hard to see that he was going to be this productive. I'm just surprised at the share of the targets he's owning, and I think if this continues, he'll probably be the leader on this team. And I wonder, too, like, I said this to Franchise today also, like, Kobe Fleener and Josh Hill have been splitting tight end snaps. I think they have 57 – Kobe Fleener has 57% of the snaps and Josh Hill has 59% of the snaps over the last two weeks. Uh, I wonder, too, if – Thomas really is taking over that role because, again, a lot of slants and drags in the middle of the field, that takes away some tight end type of targets. 
Where have, so where, have his, where have his recent touchdowns come? None of them were super long, were they? Oh, Thomas? Thomas, yeah. Were they I think they've the almost zone? all been in the red zone. Which is kind of something we posited. I remember when they drafted him after getting Cooper was could he vulture Cooper's or could he vulture Fleener's um, touchdown upside because they run a similar patterns out of the slot as Colston used to do. Yeah, is he? I, I mean, that's the thing. We haven't really seen a consistent Saints wide receiver on a week to week basis with a good floor since Marcus Colston, really. Uh, and he fits that big body mold. I know that's kind of a lazy comparison, but uh, it seems to make it makes sense at least uh, uh, off the cuff and off the eyeball test. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Colston played more in the slot than Thomas does, I believe. Yeah, um, th- Thomas has been playing outside. And and to answer your question, all three of his touchdowns have come in the red zone. All three of them have come within the side the ten yard line. Dang. So yeah, Whoa. he is destroying Colby Fleener's value. And I think he leads the t- team on both of those targets as well. Nice. Oh, man. I, I thought Sneed was the guy that was going to take away Kobe Fleener's productivity. It might be the combination of Sneed and Michael Thomas, and, and maybe that's why we're seeing more, more of Josh Hill, who's going to be a little bit better blocker than Kobe Fleener. All right, Amari Cooper there in Oakland, five targets. I put him on surprising week seven targets because, again, just five targets for Amari Cooper, four receptions, 29 yards versus the Jags. There's one big reason for this. Tell me. And his name is Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I asked Harmon about it after yep. to hit up his pals at NGS to uh, get us the results. And what was it, 26 routes, one catch for four yards? Correct. All Ramsey gave up? They, yeah, he covered him on 26 pass plays, yeah, and, and before he was ejected. And, <laughs> and then, right after, and then well, right after Ramsey was ejected three plays later, Amari Cooper busted his biggest catch of the day for 18 yards. How interesting. Yeah, but so this was his – and this, this actually kind of happened. I don't know if he's on the list, but I wasn't looking not to jump the gun here. But uh, – same thing happened to Marvin Jones. I mean, his target share is dropping in Detroit a little bit, but he didn't see a target until the third quarter because Josh Norman shadowed him. So right. Ramsey's going to be, one moving forward, one of these cornerbacks we might actually have to worry about from a fantasy perspective. That's interesting. I like it. Ramsey right. had been doing good against number one receivers, especially smaller guys. He, he, he locked down uh, Steve Smith, Steve Smith, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb he did a good job against. Alshon Jeffrey bodied him a couple times, a bit of a bigger receiver in the first half of that game against the Bears, but then in the second, second half. Yeah, one catch for Three yards, yep. I believe. Yep. Okay. Wow. All right. Jalen Ramsey on high alert. I like it. Uh, you learn something every every day on this podcast. Uh, Chris Thompson, seven targets, 40 yards through the air, 12 carries, 73 yards. The reason I bring him up, though, Matt Jones is benched because he's has, ha, having a fumbling issue. Yep. Shock. It, it, has. 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 A fumbling has. Issue. Yeah, it, has it, it hasn't gone away. Will continue to have. <laughs> uh, is Chris Thompson the guy? Uh, I think he's an excellent add because they've used him a lot in the passing game to begin right. with, uh, and now and he saw a lot more run. He led the team in carries uh, with Jones on the sideline and them sprinkling in Robert Kelly a little bit. But he's dynamic. They they use him a lot out in space, and uh, and I think he'll have a, a safe floor for standard league players. But man, if you are in PPR and Chris Thompson isn't on a roster, like he should be a priority this week. I 100% agree with that. Latavius Murray, a season high. A season high, 18 carries. Yeah, yeah th- this was nice to see because before his injury, he was getting like eight carries, 10 carries, and right. then you know they they'd split the workload between DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard and Jamie Wale and all these guys, and it was Latavius Murray. Owners were kind of freaking out because his volume wasn't there. He kept scoring touchdowns. 
which kept his fantasy value float. But he's out for a couple weeks. They lean on these other guys. Maybe they re- the coaching staff realize. Oh crap! He, we can't do anything. Yeah. Right. Like okay, we need Latavius. He's our best back. Let's load him up with uh, carries. So this was carries nice. fifty nine yards, two touchdowns. Here's the the other thing that I was encouraged by as well. I also saw five targets in the passing game. Nice. Um, to me, I don't know. I, I know that a lot of folks have been you know not that impressed with Latavius Murray, and I understand why. But I'll tell you what, when I saw DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard get consistent work, it was even less inspiring. Um, yeah. And, and it might, you, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think the coaching staff there in Oakland is like, you know what? Latavius actually ain't that bad. Yeah. And it's surprising, too, because he had a turf toe injury, which can be like a lingering thing. So right. it's good to see him back out there and be somewhat effective. He only averaged 3.3 yards per carry, but 20 touches is nice. It's just a volume and opportunity-based situation with the running back position. I mean, even yeah. if he's look, – I mean, look at Melvin Gordon. He's been inefficient as hell, but yep. the fact that he's uh, playing on a really good offense and gets a ton of carries, yep. that's really all that matters. Red zone carries. Antonio Gates, 10 targets, 5 receptions, 38 yards. Not great. Hunter Why? Henry, 3 targets. <laughs> One reception. Why Hunter Henry? 16 yards. Who, by the way, just reading Twitter right now, is in the concussion protocol. Hunter oh. Henry is? Yes. Oh. I did not realize that. Crap. But he, yeah, I know. Even going back to but going back to week five, though, the, the two's tr- playing time was trending in the opposite direction. That's right. Antonio Gates' snap right. share had gone up from 35 to 47 to 51%. And conversely, Hunter Henry's snap share had declined from 82 to 68 to 63 percent yesterday. Okay, there you go. I was trying to find a snap percentage yesterday, but uh, but I I, I kind of had the feeling that that was the case. The offense there in San Diego doesn't feature a lot of too tight formations where both guys go out there. So. Well, they I mean they do a little bit, and I think this is what they originally wanted to have when they had Ladarius Green, and it just never quite manifested itself as such. And I, I thought maybe they were headed this way with Henry and Antonio Gates, but now if I like the idea too of when they when they ran Hunter Henry out there in the slot, but I don't know. We'll uh, see. We'll see that. For the record, like their yeah. second most uh deployed formation is uh one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They've done that on 88 88 plays total. They've also done two running backs, two tight ends, one wide out, 23 plays. And a few other ones. Those are primarily running plays, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, but on passing plays, far and away, what they use the most is 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wideouts. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. They have a good set of three wide receivers, man. That Tyrell did. Williams balling out. He is crushed. I think he's their number one wide receiver now. He did yeah. well in the first half, but we didn't see too much of him in the second half, no? I mean, it's like a 1A, 1B, 2 yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. but <laughs> He ripped it up in the slot, which made sense because they wanted to move him away from Desmond Trufan, who pretty much just strictly sits on the left cornerback position, but also can move around to right corner mm-hmm. too, but not going to travel a guy into the slot. He had 89% of his yards when he lined up in the slot yesterday. All right, there you go. Kyle Rudolph, 11 targets for Kyle Rudolph. Five receptions, 55 yards. Um, he's being utilized in this offense. I don't know how efficient he's going to be, but he's getting the volume. I'll say that. Yeah, we have to appreciate the volume in this one because Sam Bradford got whooped in this game because they were starting two new tackles and that defensive uh, front in Philadelphia is something else. Depending on the source, they either hit Sam Bradford 16 times and sacked him six times or hit him 12 times and sacked him six times. Either way, not great. 
Uh, but, you know, I, I had Rudolph in a PPR league, so 5 for 55 is okay. And yeah. knowing that he's such a favorite target of Bradford's and is basically matchup proof, like, he's he's a, a top five tight end pretty much the rest of the way here for me, I'd say. Wow. No question. I mean, look, again, just the volume. In PPR or standard? Or oh, both? Both. I mean, he's he's their top red zone weapon. Okay. Yeah. So he gets all the targets for PPR and has the touchdown upside for standard. Which at tight end, when what was it, Marcus? Uh, three tight ends had sixty or more receiving yards. Uh, five tight ends had five. sixty or more receiving yards this week. Five. That's it. Oh boy. That's so that's sad. that's why Rudolph, in a game where everything went against him with his quarterback getting murdered, still putting it. up fifty-five yards, like yeah. on eleven targets. Hell yeah. Led the team in targets. Eleven of them. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay at the tight end position. Jack Doyle, rainbow six Woo! targets, nine catches, seventy-eight yards, and a touchdown. Almost the one drop he had. Could have been another touchdown as well. But uh, 10 targets in that offense, it's looking pretty I, – I, and I get that Dwayne Allen had the ankle injury. Uh, we don't know what his availability or his status will be for Sunday either. But I, I tell you, every single time I look at this kid's stat line, when I watch him play, he's just so secure with that football. I, I love what he brings to the table here for the Colts. You called it. James, early on when we, he first started surfacing, he really is going full Gary Barnage on us right now. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly the same sort of situation. But also just, you know, going forward, when one of these Colts tight end misses a game, start the other one. Because, right. I mean, that is the trend right now. And Jack Doyle played 94% of the team snaps yesterday. He led the team in red zone targets, collecting six of the five that Andrew Luck distributed. Frank Gore was the only one that got one. And uh, now he leads the team for the season in red zone targets with eight. So, I mean, listen, this is – I, I think even when Dwayne Allen gets back, Dwayne Allen has been a, is a solid NFL player, but I think they might want to just leave Jack Doyle as a starting tight end. I think he's been better this season. For the season, Jack yes. Doyle is the third highest scoring tight end in fantasy. He has kind of, in a weird way, become the new Kobe Fleener in the sense that while we've all been waiting on Dwayne Allen and Dwayne Allen continues to be either hurt or underperforming, Jack Doyle's just there. How he's dare you around. associate Doyle? And with he's Kobe making Fleener. plays. Hey, at least <laughs> Jack targets. Doyle can block, though. At least Jack Doyle can catch passes too. And w- in traffic when people are near him, he's which the, happens frequently on a football field. He's the anti Kobe. <laughs> I'm so offended, Marcus. I mean, he looks. They look. They look kind of the same out there. What running around? They're both big. Yeah, sure. But uh, but his catch percentage though. Yeah, that's that's special. Yeah, it was a good call of yours, James, to call, James to call him Gary Barnage back in like week one. Right, you were on top of that. There you go. And uh, he's he's looking that way right now. Uh, what what where where is he in terms of tight end ranks? Number three, number third three. overall. That is sad. Through seven weeks after Greg Olson, Martellus, because he's had Jack some Boyle. bad weeks too. Well, he Jack has, but he had weeks where he's disappeared. Walker's been injured. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colby Fleener. I mean, sucks. I love Jack Doyle. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's that's a sad list. Right. He's yeah, it is a sad list. Dude, he it's had very sad. He had a back to back stretch where he caught one pass for six yards, and then the next week two ca- two catches for eight yards. Oh, it just amazing. speaks to how important touchdowns are at the tight end position though yeah. yes. standard scoring because Good point. Good point. without them you know a guy like T- Dennis Pitta probably has more targets and maybe even more catches than Jack Doyle but I don't think <sighs> Pitt has found the end zone once so he's buried on the tight end no, range. he has not all no, right not. let's get to everyone's favorite waiver wire you could go catch this uh, every single week Alex Gilhart does an amazing job just sifting through uh, all of the waiver wire options. Uh, give us some of your top waiver wire guys, Alex Gilhar. Well, I mean, off the top, running back is a scary place right now. But if for some reason Jaquiz Rogers, Mike Gillisley, or Niall Davis weren't picked up in any of your leagues after their recent runs, you know, with the injuries ahead of them, go get those guys right away. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers continues to set 
career highs in rushing yards. Gillisley's probably going to be the featured back, although it's a really bad spot against New England this week. Also, then, McCoy might still play. I mean, the, I don't know. That was why silly. The, I don't know why the. Yeah, right. If the Bills ran him out there last week, there is certainly a possibility that again, in the oh same situation, God. they can run him out this week. Why Bills? I don't uh, know why they did that. <laughs> <laughs> While we mentioned Adams and Devonta Adams and Montgomery for the Packers, both good ads. Uh, Jameson Crowder seeing his role increase with Jordan Reed out. He's probably going to be out this coming week, which makes Crowder a good start. Although he got he just got cleared and returned to practice. Right. But there were reports on Sunday that they were going to hold him out through their bye. Hmm. Who knows. Cole Beasley, too, coming off of his bye. A lot of people might uh, shift him back out to the waiver wire and not be a huge guy. Even with Des Bryant coming back, the way Dak runs that offense, it goes to Beasley. I think he's still a great add. Uh, deeper running backs, Devontae Booker, get him on your roster now before it turns into a full-fledged committee or he takes it over from C.J. Anderson, whatever happens in Denver. Hmm. I'm telling you, though. I'm fighting words. We haven't seen Monday night, but you're probably going to listen to it after Monday night comes out. That's why I think C.J. Anderson is going to have a really good game. He probably will. Mm. Monday night. But well, it's we'll worth see. it's worth getting Booker because I agree the, with that. Drum, the drum beat is building yes. right now. And 100%. you want to get him before it becomes deafening. And then Matt Asiata, Jarek McKinnon twisted his ankle a little bit and he mm. came back but then left again because he couldn't get on it. So if he ends up sitting, which is a disaster because he plays on Monday night this coming week. Yeah. So if he's a late scratch or he's going to be limited, Asiata can catch passes. He can run between the tackles and he's the goal line back. He will be an ugly but effective like running back to trot out with six teams on box. Uh, this is a little <laughs> early, but uh, daily daps to uh, Jarek McKinnon's cleat game. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> the R.I.P. Harambe. Harambe. Those yes. are so good. R.I.P. Harambe cleats. <laughs> Although Trend or Harambe cleats got injured. Oh. Uh, it, dude, too soon. can you please be scientific about it? It needs to at least happen twice for it to be. Oh, right. that's okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, tight ends. Uh, we mentioned Jack Doyle. Cameron yeah. Brait didn't get a lot of work this week. but it was I was a, surprised. It was a horrible game script. They yeah. were okay. gifted cheap touchdowns yeah. by the 49ers, that's and true. they didn't pass a lot. And then uh, – Vernon Davis, too. As long as Jordan Reed's out, Vernon Davis is falling into a decent workload there. I think so. Reed is expected to get beat back this week, though. Uh, well, then cast Vernon Davis back into the pile. All right, there you go. Top performers for Week 7, Andrew Luck, 353 through the air, three touchdowns. Drew Brees, meanwhile. Can we, can we just talk about Sorry to interrupt, yes. but can we just talk about how ridiculous the Titans are, that the Colts literally have one offensive threat in T.Y. Hilton, and that's the dude you let bust off for 130-something yards? It makes no sense. I mean, they have no other options. Uh, yeah. Chester Rogers played over 80% of the snaps for them. I mean, we talk about Jack Doyle, but, like, come on. <laughs> Titans. Yeah. Get with it. Duh. That's literally all. You had one job, one, Titans. One guy <laughs> to cover. He, got, he, he had five passes, I think, where he caught more than 20 yards on them. And, you know, it's funny, too, because when you take him away, Andrew Luck gets flustered because he doesn't know where else to go. Don't blame him. There's nowhere else to go. Chester <laughs> Rogers and Devin Street right, right. now, James. Devin Street. Devin Street reappeared. It's so crazy. From I was the like, dead. Is that Devin Street out there running around? Yep. That's insane. Uh, Drew Brees, 367, three touchdowns, had a pick as well. He looked good. On the road. On the road. Ah. Bucking that trend. Trends. Holy hell, he looked good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we talked about 326 through the air on 56 pass attempts, three touchdowns. Tyrod Taylor. Sneakily coming back around, 221 through the air and touchdown, but also had 35 rush yards and a rushing touchdown as well. 
Uh, he's been having decent weeks. I think he's back in the good graces, quite honestly. Uh, Jay Ajayi, we know about him, 214, a touchdown. Jeremy Hill on nine rushes. Yeah. Jeremy Hill yeah. on nine rushes had 168 rush yards, 24 receiving yards, and a touchdown as well. My, my favorite stats regarding that came from uh, Matthew Barry, who said in his previous three games, Hill had had 21 rushes for 138 yards. Perfect. And then he had 168 on nine. Evens it out. Yep. Game. All One, even. 174 yards. <laughs> So don't touchdown run. Don't get mad at yourself if you benched Hill. I, uh, I am one of those people, and I, I've had to talk myself out of it because I'm like, there's everything, every writing on the wall was that he's. Oh my gosh! Oh, we're, I guess we're, we're, done. Done. we're, we're done. We're done. Bye. Guys. Out of here. See you later. I'm talking with my hands too much and just <laughs> hit the board. You just smacked the board. <laughs> yep. I I benched Jeremy Hill, and we're out of here. So see ya. See you later. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Melvin Gordon, a top performer at the running back position as well. 68 rush, 53 receiving, three touchdowns. Three. Is Melvin Gordon the Chris Carter of running backs? Uh, all he yep. does oh, doesn't score touchdowns. He's making up for lost time last year. He's trying to get two, two <laughs> seasons worth <laughs> of touchdowns in one season. It's ridiculous. He's probably going to score 15 touchdowns or more this season. Probably. He, he also leads all running backs with 29 red zone rush attempts. And he so. will still never average more than four yards a carry. Oh, my God. But he, he gets work in the passing game. So. He does. We talked about LeGarrette Blunt maybe not doing work when Tom Brady is in. Uh, Revenge uh, game. Yeah, forget about that. R- uh, wrong. Wrong. Oh, yeah. You, you people talked about That's that. That's true. No, That's no. true. That's true. You I got to take the L on this one okay. because I had said on Friday's pod, I didn't know how the split was going to work out. I thought it was going to be pretty even. You scared it, everyone away from these running backs. But they both <laughs> they scored all the early <laughs> touchdowns. So, like, my analysis wasn't that wrong if it was like Edelman and Gronk and everybody scored yeah. the early ones, but it was the running back, so don't listen to me. You were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. LeGarrette Blunt, Blunt, Blunt is, st- is still now scored a, a <laughs> touchdown in every game that Tom Brady's played this year. Season, oh, season high 127 rush yards. Oh, yeah. Yes. Season high with Brady in there. Uh, Matt, yeah. Matt weird. Forte, 100 on the ground, 54 through the air, and two touchdowns as well. It's yes. good to see him get back on track. If only he, we could get him to have you know he, 30 carries every single no, week. He might have another good game in week eight against the Browns. Oh, but sure. But people are asking me on Twitter, is Matt Forte back? Should I try to trade him away after this big game? I think you should try to trade him away. I, I would agree with that. Sell high. He's not going to give you this every week. I think also if you kind of just watch him play, he's definitely lost some juice. Oh, yeah, okay. I agree. I don't know. DeMarco Murray has surprised and continues to surprise. 107 on the ground, 20 through the air, and a touchdown as well. Is he still uh, our RB1 or 2 in this game? He's doing really well. He has not had a game of less than double digits this year. He's been amazing uh, and amazingly consistent in a position group that has been amazingly inconsistent this year. Yep. DeMarco Murray. There for you. A.J. Green at the wide receiver position, 169 through nice. the air. <laughs> a touchdown as well. And maybe the catch of the year on that oh. Hail Mary uh, grab where he tipped it to himself and then caught it. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Devontae Adams, 132, two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, 133 in a touch. Julio Jones, honorable mention, wasn't a top five performer, but that's okay. 174 yards for Julio Jones. 
Uh, he is good, by the way. Julio. Uh, mm, I'm going to need to use a check source. <laughs> Rich, thank you to all the late arrivals like Mike Evans and Julio Jones for evening out the top wide receiver scores because I did have Seriously, a, I had was, a, I had a fun tweet after the early games. I right. don't know if you saw it, James. Yes, oh, but, I loved it. I uh, loved it. It, it was, was a gross. Dis- it was a disaster. Tyreek Hill was in, like, the top 12. Uh, <laughs> Ru- Russell Shepard jumped in. Russell Shepard. top 12 wide receiver. Jeez. That's awesome. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, he's still alive, 90. 83 and a touch. Delaney Walker, welcome back, pal. 84 and a touchdown for him. Jack Doyle, 78 and a touch. Uh, Julius Thomas. Stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. I benched him for Hunter Henry oh, this week. Last week, I went, did sense. the other way around. That made, I can't figure no, this out. But that made sense. And, and and to be honest with you, like Julius Thomas was doing absolutely nothing. He was nothing. doing absolutely Zilch. nothing all year. Nothing. And he just happened to absorb Blake Bortles' t- one touchdown pass at the end of the game. Gross. yards and a touchdown for Julius Thomas. Vernon Davis, 79 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, six receptions on six targets. So very efficient for him. All right, let's do Daily Daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hub. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps Daily Dap time. We're going to start with the Whiskit from Wisconsin. Alex Gilhar, what you got for us, pal? I thought about hitting the fantasy live, the intro music again just to troll everybody. <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, I'll just I'll actually do daps and get us out of here. All right. Uh, so I wanted to daily daps this band I found via Spotify Discover Weekly. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! You're you're impinging on on franchise. Like, look, it's uh, it's totally random. <laughs> it's more in the weeds than franchises stuff. Oh, uh, what? What? Oh, what are you trying to say, those bro? Are, those are fighting words. Whoa! What do you say? You say I listen to top forty radio? Is that uh, what you're trying exactly to say? What he said? Uh-oh. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh-oh. That's what he said. Uh-oh. No, I'm that's what he said. Trash the band. I'm going to dap. <laughs> Is an <laughs> instrumental like progressive metal band that popped up on Discover Weekly, oh, but Jesus. they were good. They were good music to to grind to, and I was like, oh, this could be good workout music as well because there's no lyrics to distract you or anything. They're called Animals as Leaders, and they've got this insane guitarist. His name is where do they go? Tosin Abasi, who frequently will play like seven or eight string guitars, but it's super melodic. It's good. It's driving. And like it just popped in when I was I was working on stuff this morning, and I actually like saved the band so I could go back and listen to their albums later. And then as I was grinding on stuff, it was pretty good. So if you're into that kind of stuff or need good workout, running, or like pr- productivity music, right. give Animals as Leaders a spin. And especially if you don't want to listen to the top 40 trash their franchise listens to on the daily. Yeah, true. Go check I it. was actually going to daily dash so. Ariana Grande's new song. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been listening to uh, lately. Uh, Main, uh, mainstream chise. Really, uh, what I said was that it was more the in new, the uh, The new, the new Lady Gaga is pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this Don't know if you ever heard of him His name's Bruno Mars <laughs> Oh boy Top 40 chai <laughs> Top 40 God FG my guy Marcus Grant We're losing it Go ahead This is not good Um I just want to I want to daily dap You know every Every so often I think we all Kind of run across people Who aren't In our line of work That just kind of Inspire us to do Different and better things Um So for me Daily dap Goes out to To Donald Glover Um who I've never met, I don't know, but okay. I just a guy that you know. I I, I daily dapped uh, Atlanta on the show yeah. like a week or so ago. Uh, saw the news last week that he's going to be the new Lando, Lando. Calrissian. Yes. Um, but just going back and you know seeing all the stuff he's done, you know, from you know, Atlanta to now this Lando thing to Community to the childish Gambino stuff that he has mm-hmm. done, just to kind of watch uh, somebody who is multi talented, who does yeah. different things, who. It's really hard to pigeonhole into any one thing. 
Um, I know that, you know, for the group of us that, you know, obviously fantasy is what we do. And that's why most of you out there listening know us and communicate with us. But knowing that as a group, we all kind of have very diverse interests beyond just football. What? No, you're like shocking. Top, top forty rating. You're shocking. not. You're not a. You're not a real person. You're just a fantasy <laughs> bot. But I just. I. You know. I just. I find inspiration in people who are. You know, multi-talented and multi-dimensional, and have used that as their. You know, their not only their. You know, their vocation, but their avocation, and uh, I don't know. I've just been recently really inspired by just watching his career and just kind of you know setting career goals along those. He lines. is so nice. talented. He's. Yeah. He's, just, he's a non-psycho Chris Brown. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's okay. nice. He is, he is <laughs> extremely talented. He does it all, and he does it all well. There it is. Yeah. All right, there you go. Matt Harmon, what's up? Donald Glover is going to really like when he listens to this podcast, and Chris Brown's not going to. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too bad. You lose one listener, you gain one. <laughs> um, uh, my daily dap is actually going to go out to my dad. Okay. Uh, my dad bought a uh, actually bought a beach house down there in Emerald Isle, where he lives right now. Uh, he's rented there for the past. I get almost three years now since he moved. Uh, and so he's officially a beach dude now, which is great because this is like, cool. I remember, I can remember after like my parents got divorced and he was like, I don't really know what to do with my life. And I was like, dad, just go like live by the beach. And he's like, what about you? And this is like three years ago back when I lived in Virginia. And he's like, well, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be away from like my kids or whatever. I'm like, dad, you don't know where the hell I'm going to be or Emily or my, my sisters are going to be in three years. And now I'm in freaking California. Like, right. I told you, like, bro, don't make your plans around me. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for him that he's actually taken this step and is like legit a beach dude now and it would nice. I mean, it would be great if like i actually lived there and, and could ever go to his beach house but you know whatever okay all right <laughs> well west virginia is very far from here i didn't realize that there was any coastline on west virginia yeah what o- what <laughs> ocean does that border it's in emerald he lived beach house well it was a couple minutes from the beach <laughs> yes i had to dig that out of the atn sound yes. yes. i was scrambling the whole time i'm like harman keep rambling, keep rambling. <laughs> i was i could see you doing i was trying to throw you a for those there, for those that missed it and i was in miami with my new beach house well it was a couple minutes from the beach. that is that's my dad that's the- <laughs> <laughs> to be to be clear he lives yeah he he lives and and will be living now continuously uh, as a homeowner in North Carolina's Emerald Isle. Oh, oh right, right. I see. Okay. So right. take your narrative. Get out of here. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Franchise, what's up? Uh, I finally made it to the Greek theater after living in L.A. for three and a half hey, years. Hey, we got him to the we got him to the Greek. Yeah, got him to the Greek, I got baby. to the Greek on right. Friday night to see Young the Giant, which is uh, I've been looking forward. to to seeing them. I daps their album a, a couple weeks ago. Saw them live. Great show. We had great seats. It was awesome. So Greek theater, so clean. Like I was, oh, dude, was blown awesome. away by how clean it was everywhere. Yeah. And just a cool setting to see a show. And Young the Giant killed it. And that they're getting my daily daps. Pretty it's, good of you to go off the beaten path and not dap, you know, like uh, Jason <laughs> Mraz. Katy Perry's new new album. <laughs> Wait, or, Jason Mraz? for top know. 40? No, I don't know. I Is he not top 40 anymore? I don't, I don't think he's, no. I don't know if he's made a song in like five years. I've been oh, been no, listening no, to a lot no. of the Biebs lately. He's been busy on his avocado farm. That's true. A lot of, uh, be- lot of Bieber. What the hell is happening in this podcast right now? <laughs> uh, I will, I, I don't really have a daps other than an undaps. I oh. didn't like the like Walking Dead season premiere, man. I didn't like it at all. The, the yawning mad. It oh. was. I didn't enjoy <laughs> it. Now, what didn't you like about it? Look, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I just didn't like it. I I wasn't a fan. Okay. I, so I got to ask you though, because yeah. and I don't watch the show, but I just know watching my Twitter timeline. Uh-huh. A lot of people seem traumatized, and a lot of people, or more than one person, I should say, uh, <laughs> compared it to 
the Red Wedding. And I know that you sort of tapped See? out around. Exactly. So are you about to tap out? On I am. The, okay. Oh, I'm giving it one more episode. Okay. Now, and and then I'm like, all right, let's see where we're at. But I don't know, man. Here's all I'll say, and it's spoiler free for anybody listening. Okay. Is that this episode, I was done, and Harmon and I were like, wow, what an episode. Because it was kind of an emotional toll, and it was graphic, and it was violent, and it was a lot. But what I thought last night as I was dwelling on the episode was that that was all extremely intentional. And it was for a point for both the viewers and the characters on the show. Because through The Walking Dead... That has been. This has been a tremendously violent show throughout its entire run, to the point where everybody's kind of gotten desensitized to it. It's like, yeah, okay, right. no big. Like yeah. they're gonna kill some zombies. Yeah. Oh, no big. They're gonna kill some people. Well, guess what? That they turned that on its head this time. They they upped the ante to get you to once again be, whoa, whoa, this is violent. Uh, <laughs> this, this is real. This is. <laughs> I always go back to this. I think the greatest show ever created was The Sopranos. All right. This is a great show. And they were able to uh, expand their universe and expand the way they did storytelling. But the core of the show was always the same for seven freaking seasons. And no one hated it until the end. But (laughs) honestly, it was the best show ever made on television, in my opinion. And I just feel like The Walking Dead, they're trying to change, like, to, to your point, I think they're just trying to change it up, and I didn't well, like it. I feel, I feel, I'm, I feel I'm it's very close to being out. I feel it's a progression from where they were last year, because also trying to prevent spoilers. You know the episode where there was the big, like, raid? That was very against the grain for what our heroes had done the whole time. I hear what you're saying. And now this is kind of the, this is kind of the comeuppance and the full circle and the consequences of that. So uh-huh. I think it's, I think it's cool. I was a little, I was a little put off at first, but I'm curious to see where they take it. I'm, people are so weak. I know. I'm almost out. No, I'm in. No, I'm no, in. no, no. I mean, people like James. Oh, okay. People like James are weak. Oh, okay. Just shows should just shake you know what up all the time. Just also it, rattle them. It, it what? Kill think. everybody off. It, Who cares? It, Don't get attached to anybody. What are you talking about? You know what's hilarious is that all the time you see with these shows, this and Game of Thrones especially, people are like, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Every time one of these damn shows air, is it's the number one trending topic on Twitter, and it's all anybody 100%. can talk about the days you after. sheep don't know no, what you're but, doing. But, that, but, but to be fair, uh, to my point, I, I haven't gone back to That's Game true. of Thrones. It's like, it's like after you party really hard one night and you wake up the next day, you're like, I'm never drinking again. Yeah, I stopped well, telling myself. And then stuff. by like 5 yeah. o'clock no, I stopped telling myself you, that you have your beer. That one's not – no, that one doesn't make any sense. I never understood it that It makes one sense. Because, yeah. No, because I it always does. had a hell of Run. a lot of fun – and it only it only sucked in the morning. Are we still recording? Yes. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. Uh, but uh, to rinse the flavor out of my mouth, I watched Westworld. Okay. Also a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit off the beaten path there. But uh, but I enjoyed that show. Uh, it's, it's a good show. It's got the makings of a great show. I hope they can get there. I will say that. So there you go. Those are my daily naps. Phew. All right. right. That was a tangent. Hope you all enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) No one did. Oh, boy. All right. For Alex Gellhart, the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Top 40 Chai's, Matt Franchise, (laughs) MG by Guy Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. See ya. See you later. Dude, I got to be honest, that Bruno Mars new one, the 24K Magic. Oh, I haven't heard this. Oh, my God. You haven't heard it, MJ? Straight fire. If you don't want to start just going to Vegas and throwing down after that, 
The video's amazing, by the way. <coughs> Yo, all right, should we get this show on the road? Yo, let's go! Guys, I wonder if my political leanings are starting to become a little too clear. Somebody tweeted me today. It says I lost my week, but I refuse to accept the results. Widespread points fraud. The whole fantasy system is rigged, folks. Widespread points fraud. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, <laughs> somebody tweeted that to me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 